Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. We stand to our feet and just rejoice in the reality that Jesus Christ has risen. Jesus has risen. Come on, we can do better than that, church. Let's go. Jesus, you have risen. (laughs) What a wonderful day to be in God's house, amen? No, don't sit down just yet. (laughs) You guys know this one. He is risen. A lot of you do. Christians have been saying that to each other for thousands of years, actually. And if you've never learned that before, please allow us to teach it to you today. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, He is risen indeed. Give him a high five, a hug, something. Tell them happy Easter. Welcome to church. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. We are so happy that you are here on Easter Sunday. How many of you guys are happy to be in God's house? I was glad when they said unto me. Come on, 1130. Y'all going to help me preach this or not? I know it's just the intro, but I was glad when they said unto me. Let's go to the house of the Lord three times. In one day. (laughs) Man, after that second one, I was in the back there during the first song. I missed the first song. I'm sorry about that. I was collecting myself. I was crying on the couch back there, sipping my vanilla spice tea. Rooibos? Is that how you say it? Rooibos? Whatever it was, it picked me up for this third service. I came out here during the second song and you guys were going off and I loved it. It is so good to be in a house where people worship. Amen. I will not offer up unto the Lord that which costs me nothing. I'm so happy to be a part of a house where everybody comes with, you know, their hearts full, ready to pour out at the feet of Jesus. And thankfully, we get to pour out at those feet that are living Breathing, active, moving, because he is risen. There you go. Yes, let's go. Because he is risen. Amen. Jesus is alive. You know, that's what sets us apart as Christians. When you look at every other faith around the world, you will not find a living, breathing, actively moving Savior. You will find a gravestone of a dead religious leader. But what sets us apart as Christian believers is that our leader is living. It's worthy of a round of applause. Our leader is living. Isn't that amazing? That we're not singing songs about Jesus, but we are singing songs to Jesus. He is right here, right now. He's closer than the mention of your name. He's closer than your next breath. 
Jesus is in the room. And I know we're celebrating Easter, but we're not celebrating Easter in some nostalgic fashion as though he has been dead and gone for thousands of years. No, Jesus, our Savior, has been alive and risen for thousands of years, and he is in the room right now. We're not just talking about him. We are singing to him. We are worshiping him. He is moving right now in this place. And I just believe with everything in me that we're going to walk out of Easter Sunday morning service different than the way that we walked in. Would you agree with me on that, please? Just say, yes, I agree. Now, I know for everybody who's been serving, you guys are a little bit tired. And we just did the longest worship set we've done all day. But I'm going to need you to turn up with me. You with me, Reuben? Reuben has been here for all three. I'm just going to need you to turn up with me because he's worthy of it. And when we give him our best, you just never know what might happen. I love that about Jesus. <laughs> he's so unpredictable. And it's so wonderful. So happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. I want you to know I love you guys. Thank you so much. Look, can I just have a pastor moment for a second? I love y'all. I was planning my afternoon cry session before this service. I was like, when I get home, I'm going to cry. Because I just love these people so much. You're loved. Rob, you're loved. Rob surprised me this morning. Rob is my barber. That's why I look so clean on the beard. I love you guys so much. I really do. You know, for the last couple of weeks, we've been in this sermon series on the lost. And that's not normally what you would preach leading up to Easter per se. And on Easter, you know, you always expect the gravestone rolling away type of story. And for the last five years that we've been a church, I have preached that story each and every year. It is worthy to be preached every single Sunday. Every single time the doors are open, it is worthy to be preached. But I felt led of the Holy Spirit to continue the sermon series through Easter and talk about the last parable of Luke chapter 15 about Jesus' message about a good father finding a prodigal son. So I believe that Easter is a great day for a homecoming. I believe that Easter is a great day for a homecoming. If you are lost in this place and you have been unable to find your way, can I speak this over you? Easter is a great day for homecoming. If you're watching online right now and you found this channel by happenstance, can I tell you, it's not an accident. God is seeking to save you and Easter is a great day for homecoming. That's the title of my message today, all right? It is simply this. It is homecoming. Can everybody just say homecoming? homecoming. It's a day that we are collectively going to come home. And even if you have 
come home 24 hours previous. It's, there's no time like today to simply find your place in the Father's house. There's no time like the present to find your place in the Father's heart because it just feels so good. Amen? Amen. So let's continue this series. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 15, and I'm going to start by reading verses 11 through 16. We're first going to read the bad news, but we're going to get to the good news, okay? So I want to talk to those who are lost today, those who are prodigals today. And I'm not just talking about people who've never heard of the name of Jesus. I'm going to talk to church people too. It got quiet. I'm going to talk to church people too. All right? So if you consider yourself saved, I'm grateful that you are. But you may also find yourself in a condition of lostness today or in this season. I would like to see Jesus pull you out of that condition of lostness today so that you know that you are loved and that you know that you are found and that you experience a grand homecoming on Easter Sunday 2021. So Luke chapter 15, let's read it together. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. This is Jesus preaching, giving us a parable. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, now I'd like to say it like this. Give me. Very demanding, right? Like you read this story and you're like, brat. You know? Give me the share of property that is coming to me. And the father divided his property between them, the oldest and the youngest son. Well, not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and he took a journey into a far country. A far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country. And he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his field to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one, remember this part, and no one gave him anything. That's a horrendous story, isn't it? How many of you have read that story before? Well, we call this story the prodigal son. But you know what prodigal means? It means a spendthrift. It's somebody who spends it all. And certainly it does apply to the prodigal son, but you know the one that really spent it all was the prodigal father. I don't want you to be so focused on the sin of the son. By the end of this thing, guys, we're going to be really focused on the salvation and the goodness of the father, okay? So we're going to go through the bad news, but we're going to get to the good news, okay? So, Lord, we pray right now. Over our time in your word, we say thank you for the everlasting scripture that will never fail, that will never fade away, that is always strong, that is always able to save. We are grateful children today, and we appreciate your life-giving words. We receive them into our spirits today. We declare transformation in our lives. We declare transformation in our worlds, and we say thank you for everything you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen and amen and amen. So when you look at the lifestyle of a, of a prodigal son, of a lost prodigal son, you can see a number of characteristics from this story. 
You know, the Bible teaches us about what it means to be lost. And for the past couple of weeks, we've done that study. We looked at the word lost in Hebrew. We looked at the word lost in Greek. We looked at the characteristics of Satan, that is the accuser that pushes people into a condition of lostness. But there's no greater outline, if you will, no greater parable, if you will, of the condition of lostness quite like the illustration of the prodigal son. The prodigal son gives us a great description of what it looks like to be lost. So let's read through a couple of these here. The first one is this, and I, I kind of um, I hit on this a bit when we were reading it. But Father, give me... This is the first thing that you'll see prodigals exhibit. Lost prodigals, they are selfish, they are self-centered, and they are completely self-absorbed. They are absolutely negligent of anybody's needs aside from their own. Their whole world revolves around them and them only. They have a selfish spirit, and they say things like this. I want what I want, and I want it right now. You don't know anybody like that, do you? If they're sitting next to you, resist the urge to jab them in the ribs right now, okay? I want what I want, and I want it now. You don't have to look very far to find some people who talk like that. Just go to social media, like one thumb scroll. There it is. Selfish. Self-centered, self-absorbed. The next thing is this. This is what the prodigal son in, uh, also said in verse 12. Give me my portion. Not only do they have a selfish spirit, but lost prodigals are also impatient and they have an entitled spirit. We cannot forget that patience is actually a fruit of the Holy Spirit. If we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we will have grace to be patient. <laughs> to work, to please, working with the Holy Spirit, to bring honor to the Good Father and have no problem being patient to wait upon our great inheritance. You see, lost prodigals, they have this demanding spirit about them. I am impatient. I am entitled. I don't want to work for you, Father. I want to receive my inheritance now. They demand theirs now. What is it that the prodigal son is communicating? He's saying, listen, Dad, your stuff is more important to me than you. And I know it's so easy to point the finger at the center, but listen, we as church folk do this all the time. <laughs> Thanks, God, but your blessings are so much more important to me than you are. Instead of seeking him for him, we're seeking him for what we can get from him. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to repent. But Lord, could you bless me, please? Oh, that, that's, that's, that's hard, isn't it? Because some of us may be confronted today with the reality that we've been approaching God on the basis of what he can do for us. Rather than simply loving him because we're in union and relationship with him. 
This is the spirit of a prodigal. The next one. The Bible says he took a journey into a far country. You see, lost prodigals are always trying to wiggle away from love. It, it's getting quiet in here. I, I don't want to be around love. I don't want to be around unconditional love. I don't want to be around unconditional relationships. I don't want to be around my parents. I don't want to be around my siblings. I don't want to be around my pastors. I don't want to be around no leaders because I don't want to be available for any of those people to correct me. <laughs> so they settle for relocation and it's not always a geographic location although sometimes it is and they'll only stay in one place long enough for people to learn about the real them oh, so, so y'all ain't gonna preach me today I'm gonna try this side but they'll only stay in one place long enough before it's like oh these people figured me out now I better find another church That's behavior of a lost prodigal. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to relocate now. Listen, this is what I did as a lost prodigal. I said I was going to college. <laughs> if you know my story, you know how funny this actually is. Can I, can I tell you the real, real? Now I'm going to try this out. Can I tell y'all the real, real? Listen, I told my parents, I was like, listen, I'm going to college. Why? Because I don't want to be around you correcting me all the time. Mom, I am sick of you taping scriptures to my bathroom mirror. That, that was my mom. You know, I come down for breakfast like I'm wiping sleep out of my eye to go to school. She's like, Jonah. I'm like, Mom, can I get some Cheerios first? You're in rebellion, son. <laughs> that, yeah, you know, early in the morning. We'd be in the car. Rebellion, son, is the same as witchcraft, the Bible says. <laughs> oh, yeah. My mom was always real good at saying, your sin will always find you out. And I don't know why she elevated in her tone, but that's the way that she always said it to me. Your sin will always find you out. So, so I went to college, you know, and in Kentucky they give you a little money to go to college. I had no business going to college. I, didn't, I never even paid my tuition. I took all the money and I bought drugs. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. I forgot to give the disclaimer. It's a rated R sermon for Easter. For real. <laughs> my bad, my bad. My bad. Bought drugs with it. And, and then I started selling drugs too. But you know what else I did? I served tables at a barbecue restaurant. That's what I did. And uh, there was a pastor that used to come in on Sunday afternoon to eat barbecue after his church let out, and he knew my daddy. And I refused to let the host seat him in my section. 
And if somehow he ended up there, I would go trade with another server. I said, man, I cannot sit next to Brother Craner. Because old Brother Craner is going to invite me to church. <laughs> this man's going to try to encourage me. <laughs> and I don't want no encouragement, thank you very much. See, the thing about lost people, they know they're lost. <laughs> they don't need your judgmentalism. <laughs> they know. No, I, I'm good, bro. Yeah, what's up? No, busy, busy. He's like, the restaurant's empty. Busy. <laughs> I don't have time to be encouraged by you. No thanks, first lady. I'm good on the prophetic words. Would you like more mashed potatoes? I'm gone. <laughs> That's it. That's what prodigals do. They, they, they distance themselves from anybody that could ever correct them. And in so doing, they distance themselves from unconditional love. They distance themselves from community. They distance themselves from church. They distance themselves from parents. They distance themselves from grandparents. They distance themselves from people who really love them. They really do. They, they don't have a motive. They just really love you. They want to encourage you. They want to bless you. But when you're living that, that prodigal pig pen lifestyle, you're like, no, I'm good. I don't want to be confronted with any truth. Uh, the Bible also says that he squandered all of his property. And this is something that lost prodigals tend to be as well, which is very wasteful. They waste the good things in life. They waste their youth. That was me. Prior to Jesus finding me. They waste their strength. They waste their good years. They waste their finances. They waste their property, their belongings. They waste their minds. They waste their morals. And they do this all on temporary things that are actually quite destructive. And I know we're thinking probably about a prodigal right now that you know needs a spanking. And that's very righteous of you. And I appreciate, I appreciate that thought. But listen, we as church people can be just as bad. We can be so wasteful. And we would never say it like this, but we can be so wasteful of our eternal purpose. Of the good works that Christ Jesus has called us into in advance, right? Ephesians 3 says. Right, we can be so wasteful, but it sounds like this. Like no one ever comes to me and says, Pastor, I'm going to take a time out on my eternal purpose, and I'm going to turn my back on the Holy Spirit for a while, and I'm going to go do what I want to do. No one ever says it like that. I would appreciate them saying it like that, but instead, here's what they do. Pastor, be praying for me, because I want to let you know. They never ask me. They say, I want to let you know. Okay, you're not asking, you're telling. Okay, go ahead. Because I want to let you know, I'm in a season. Okay, go on. Of transition. <laughs> and the Lord has called me to focus on making money. <laughs> okay, well, great. That's awesome. See you next time. No, 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 I'm not coming to church. Uh, 
No, I'm not going to hang out with any Christian friends. No, I'm not going to read the Bible anymore. No, I'm going to stop praying pretty much exclusively unless I need something. <laughs> See, this is what actually happens. And you can't tell me that it's not true. I've been a pastor for literally 16 years. You know how many times people have been like, hey, I'm just going to focus on this. And what they're actually doing is they're taking a time out on their eternal purpose and they're focusing on temporary things when the Bible teaches us to set our minds on things above. You ever watched archery before? I haven't either. <laughs> I really haven't actually. I just, I just know this has to be a principle in archery. So go with me on this. <laughs> you guys are all trying to figure out how much trouble I'm going to get into because there's going to be an archer somewhere that's going to correct me after this. Be polite in my DMs, please. And so, but look, like when you pull it back, right? Y'all going with me on this illustration? You, you, you pull it back and, and your intent is to hit the bullseye, right? Hit the target. And let's call the target your eternal purpose in Christ Jesus. What he has called you to do. What he has purposed within himself to do through you and through your life and to bless the world and impact history and do all the great stuff that he wants to do through you, right? So when you pull back and you aim at that bullseye, if you move your bow just an inch... Are you going to hit the target? If you move your bow like just two or three centimeters, I'm talking about tiny little compromises, are you going to hit the bullseye? Y'all ain't helping me. Kevin is three quarters of the way back. I need to get it from that section. Um, if you move the bow ever so slightly, are you going to hit the bullseye? No, you're not going to hit the bullseye, right? And so I see people doing that all the time with their purpose. They're, they're completely prepared to strike the bullseye. They're completely purposed to hit the target. And yet they say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just do just a tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, God did say for me to do that and that and that. But, you know, nah, just a little bit. So initially, it does not show up in your life for the first 90 days. So you will actually justify your disobedience because nothing bad has happened yet. Oh, y'all ain't going to preach with me now at the 1130. You'll actually justify your dysfunction because you've got a pocket full of inheritance. I got all this money. <laughs> Look at me. I'm walking in the sauce around here. Because <laughs> you're living off the good stuff that the Father has given you, but just go a little further. 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 Just go a little further, right? And what ends up happening is that you don't see the difference that is made initially, but it shows up over the years. It shows up over time. And I cannot tell you over the last 15 years how many people I've sat with over coffee and they say, I'm just going to change this. I'm just, I'm just. I'm just going to change this one. It's not really that big of a deal. And I agree with them because it is a small thing. I don't do that anymore. Because I realize what was meant by them to be a tiny C 
seasonal detour becomes a lifestyle of living like a lost prodigal. And they're bummed out, constantly discouraged, disappointed, deconstructing. I mean, they're doing all this stuff to try to figure out what is the reason why I'm in this pig pen. Well, you started being wasteful <laughs> way back when. It's time for a homecoming. <laughs> Come home. Come home. Look at your neighbor and say, Come home. Come home. What, what's the next thing? And he spent everything. You know what? You know, the lost prodigals, they eventually go bankrupt. And I put it in quotes because it may not look like you going bankrupt financially. You might go bankrupt spiritually. I'm talking about spirit on E, soul, empty, desperate, dry, parched, broken. And you could look good externally. I mean, your gram could be highly curated. <laughs> but on the inside, you're on E, man. Like, I'm parched. I'm bankrupt. I may not look like it, but I just filed. You guys, you guys know what I'm saying. I'm talking about you're going to a party that's for you. You're in the car on the way, filing for bankruptcy. In the soul. I don't have nothing left. I don't want to get out here and pretend in front of these people and fake it with a smile. Like, yeah, everything's good. I'm blessed and highly favored. How you doing? Because that's what we do at church. Hey, praise the Lord, brother. How you? I'm blessed, bro. I'm blessed. And you're on your way to church like, my soul is on empty, Lord. I'm hurting. It's the last time I'm going to step foot in this church, Lord. <laughs> I've been there. If you don't come through for me right now, that's when you're really praying, when you're not opening up your teeth. If you... <laughs> mm -mm. I thought you said you was good. And he's like, come home. <laughs> come home. You'll find that I am good. But it's so typical to doubt my goodness from a distance. Come home. Let me show you how good I am. The man was pig, pen, living. Eventually lost prodigals. They always become empty. They lose their way and nothing can satisfy them anymore. Not success. It got quiet. Not money. Not fame. Not a girlfriend. Not a boyfriend. Not a husband. Not a wife. Not a car. Not a house. Listen, I'm speaking from experience here because I have talked to a lot of people who are like, I'm going to take a time out on my purpose because i got to get me a house. Okay, you got the house. How's it going? I should have never left. Do you know how many conversations I've had like that? Because they always end up like that. I'm sorry to say, I'm telling you the truth. They always end up like that. 
And I'm not just talking about church. I'm talking about distance in your heart from the Father. Leaving church is just a symptom. It's just a symptom of something else going on. Could we agree as church people to stop throwing stones at people who leave church? They are not indicting you for going. Leave them alone. Pray for them. You think they want to come back to a house where everybody's so judgmental that when you finally do show up, they say, where you been? I ain't seen you in a month of Sundays. You don't go to church here anymore. I've been here every, every Sunday. Y'all know it's real because that's how I came up. I'll go to church and my Aunt Nellie will get me by the ear. Oh, you're going to go to the altar. I ain't seen you. Get up here and pray through. <laughs> like, who wants to go back to that church? But that's, that's how I came up. And then the church mothers would get around you and they would scream in tongues. So you just better fake cry or else you ain't never going to go to lunch. <laughs> you ain't never going to make it out for the meatloaf. you <laughs> the truth, man. Sometimes I can't tell if I'm preaching or doing stand-up comedy. There's certain days... And I don't mean to be like that, but I just want to be myself. And here's the thing. Just me. Just me. What's up? <laughs> Listen, here's the truth. When you find God, you find yourself. You don't know yourself apart from Him. That's why we want to get out of this pig pen lifestyle. Let me give you the last characteristic real quick. No one gave him anything. And unfortunately, this is where lost prodigals always come to. They come to such a place of brokenness. They come to such a place of emptiness. They come to a place where they start thinking thoughts like, the world would be better off without me. They're already living in hell. They don't need to die and go there to experience the plan of the enemy over their life. They're living in it right here, right now. And they, and they start saying things like, man, it would just be better if I disappeared. It, it'd just be better if, if nobody saw me or noticed me. I mean, it would be better off for them for me to be gone anyway. It's another symptom of being lost. And I think if 2020 has taught us anything is that there is a lot of people that love God, that are lost, prodigals. And here's the good news. This is what we get to remember on Easter Sunday, that Jesus resurrected himself. <laughs> Jesus resurrected himself, Romans chapter 1 says, through the power of holiness, that Jesus resurrected himself just just sidebar Romans 1 about the whole thing and the spirit of holiness and that was what Jesus operated in to resurrect himself pretty interesting to me considering that everybody wants to live that resurrection lifestyle but nobody wants to be about holiness <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm trying to have that abundant life. Well, you forget where Jesus started. When he got up out of the grave, he did so in holiness. That's what Paul said. It's in the word. He got up in holiness and then he continued his mission. But now he does it through us. He's still actively doing it all over the world. There are books I have looked into recently about Muslim peoples in the Middle East encountering Jesus in their sleep. No preacher, no Bible, no Christian television, just people meeting Jesus. Jesus is still on the same mission that he started in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Jesus clearly said, this is why I have come. This is my clear mission statement. If you've ever wondered why Jesus showed up, this is why. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came for one reason and one reason only, and that was to seek and to save that which was lost. And we always think about just lost people, but it's not just people. It's everything that was lost. It's everything that was lost at the fall in Genesis. It's everything that the enemy tried to plunder whenever the ser serpent lied to Eve. Jesus said, no, no, I'm not just coming to restore you. I'm coming to restore your stuff. I'm coming to restore your cities. I'm coming to restore your neighborhoods. I'm coming to restore your nations. There's no way you can get away from that in the scripture. Jesus is still on the same mission. Praise God for his faithfulness. Praise God for his consistency. He's still on the same mission. He is seeking to save everything the enemy's tried to plunder in your life. And he's going to find it. And he's going to find it. And he's going to find it. This is the lifestyle of a prodigal and this is... This is the truth of what Jesus can do for someone living that lifestyle. But when you come to the realization that he's actively seeking you, there's some decisions that you have to make. And I'm going to go through these four decisions somewhat quick. But these are the decisions that we must make in order to be found and to live in a new way. Now, there's something I've learned. And that is that people seldom fall spontaneously on the right path by accident. It, it, it's, it's very rare that people supernaturally are hungry for God. Like, like, and what I'm saying here is, is that people can become supernaturally hungry for God through impartation. But what I've noticed is that that's actually a rarity. You seldom just fall on the right path by accident. You become hungry for God supernaturally through intentional exposure to the presence of God day in and day out. Purity is not about religious practices. Purity is about proximity to the person of Jesus. If you make a daily appearance before the throne, you're not going to have a problem understanding how to apply holiness in your resurrection lifestyle. But if all you got is somebody else's story while you're trying to live in the pig pen, you're going to have a hard time doing that. Go home. You, you got to take stock. And I'm asking you, please, please take this seriously. Please, church family, please take inventory today. This is the first decision that you have to make. Please take inventory. Embrace the reality of where your life is right now. Could we all just keep it 100 with yourself this morning? Listen, I know it requires courage. 
especially for us as religious people, we love to keep the mask on, right? Because it's too embarrassing to admit that we go through real problems. But there's, God can't bless who you pretend to be. God can only bless who you actually are. <laughs> Take stock. Take inventory. This is what the prodigal son did. Look at verse 17. It said, but when he came to himself... Turn to your neighbor and say, come to yourself. <laughs> the message said it like this. That brought him to his senses. It, he said, all those farmhands working for my dad, well, they sit down to three meals a day. And here I am over here in the pig pen starving to death. He came to himself. He came to his senses. He began to look around and take stock of where he actually was. If you want to go somewhere new, this Easter Sunday, it is absolutely necessary for you to tell the truth about where you actually are right now. Just be honest. Just, just be real. Just be honest. The lost prodigal came to himself and he realized, I've sinned. I've sinned. And this type of behavior and this trajectory and these choices, they've got me in a pig pen. I've sinned. You, you've got to take inventory. Listen, I was once an AA. Before I was walking with Jesus, I was in Alcoholics Anonymous. I was an AA, NA. I was in a 28-day drug rehab, in-house treatment, court ordered, couldn't leave. I was there. And every night we went to a different meeting. And you know what they always said first? Here's the first step. If you want to get free from addiction, acknowledge that you have a problem. Drug addicts and religious people have a lot in common. That's something I've learned. Neither are willing to admit they have a problem. Because despite worshiping a Savior that rode in to Jerusalem on a cult, humble, we think that the way in which to behave like him is to be arrogant and egotistical and boastful in our own strength and not be vulnerable when it comes time to go to the altar to say, Jesus, here I am. I need help. That, that's, that's number one. You have to make that decision. You have to say, listen, I want to go to a new New place, so I'm going to face the facts squarely, head on. I'm going to have a reality check today, and I'm not going to ignore what's actually true. This is the beginning of starting over. To confess is to be willing to die to the past. Here's point two. Arise and go to your heavenly Father for help. Look at the person next to you say, Arise. 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 Oh, come on. We sang this morning. Get out of that grave. Come on, who's going to arise this morning? Arise and go to your heavenly father for help. In verse 18, the prodigal son literally says this. He says, I will arise and what? And I will go to my father. I think we have a culture of motivation that's constantly telling us to arise, 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 arise. I mean, how many of you guys, you know, follow pages like Gary Vee on Instagram? I do. Hi. And I like the motivation. Don't judge me. But we live in a culture of arise, 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 arise. Get hype. 
right? Do something with your life unless you arrive and go to the Father. You're just going to brush yourself off momentarily. And you're not going to be saved through your own strength. Arise and go somewhere to a person. Go to the Father. The prodigal says, I'm going to go to the Father. And he says, I have sinned against heaven before you. And to arise and go to the Father is actually to choose to hope again. And I know, I, I know there are so many people who will say, don't get your hopes up. Won't they? You get excited about something God's saying, oh man, I'm going to do this thing. I got this prophetic word. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up, right? Because there's this fear of failure that they're telling you to embrace. So therefore they're saying, don't get excited about anything. You might mess up. You know, right? So, so canceling all of that excitement is also canceling joy in your life. Right? But listen, when it comes to getting your hopes up, please do when it comes to God. I know everybody wants you to not get your hopes up, not get your hopes up. But with Jesus, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Begin to believe for the impossible. Know that he's going to take you back. Know that he's going to turn you around, clean you up, send you out, fill you up. Bless you, put favor upon your life, bring you out into an open space, allow you to be rested again. Cancel anxiety in your life so you can breathe again. Be blessed. Get your hopes up. This is what Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Isn't that good? And this hope, this is not like playing the Tennessee lottery. It's not like a scratch-off. Well, I hope I win. No, no. This is a confidence. This is an anchor in the man Christ Jesus who has never sinned that you can literally invest all of your hope in knowing that there is no way he will ever experience defeat. <laughs> He's defeated death itself. Let me, let me read Job chapter 14 to you real quick because I think this is a very cool verse of scripture. But this is hope for somebody in here. For there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout, it, sprout again and its tender shoots will not fail. Come on, I just believe that, that, that little bit of poetry is for somebody in here right now. You may feel like a tree that's been cut down, but listen, there's hope for you again. You will be fruitful again. Come on. Here's number three. Receive and respond to the Father's love, to the Father's mercy, to His forgiveness, and to His unimaginable blessings. This is the, this is the last part of the story here. You remember when I said, like, there's some bad news, but it gets really good? Y'all tired? So, so you remember when I said there's some bad news, but then it gets really good? So the prodigal here... He's come to himself and he decides, you know what? Even the hired hands in my dad's house, they get three square meals a day. I'm over here begging for pig slop. I think I might get up and go back to the father's house. I think I might get up and experience a homecoming. And the Bible tells us this. And he arose and he went to the father. But while he was still a long way off. But while he was still a long way off, the Bible says, his father saw him. And what did his father feel? 
And his father felt compassion. And he ran and he embraced him and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Notice that before he even had the opportunity to repent, the father was smothering him with kisses. Wow. You mean to tell me I don't need to grovel for days on end? In order to become acceptable to the Father? No, 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 no. Even while you're afar off, before you even get the opportunity to repent, He is running to you. He said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the Father said to His servants, Bring quickly the best. Oh, isn't homecoming so good? Bring quickly the best. Not the second best, not the leftovers, not what he deserved. Bring the best, bring the best robe, put it on him. Bring a ring, put it on his hand. Bring shoes, put them on his feet. And bring the fattened calf. Bring the best food that we've been saving for a special occasion. Bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and let us celebrate. For this my son was dead and he is alive again. He was lost, but now he's found and they begin to celebrate. Could, could you imagine the picture? How many of you guys are parents in here? Not very many of you guys. That's cool, I like that. Well, I'm a dad now and I got three kids. You know, the interesting thing about having kids is like you, you watch them grow up. You watch how they walk, how they talk. You learn all their mannerisms. You know how they stand. Like I could, like I could pick Isaiah out of a crowd by how he stands. He does this right here. He always does this, man. Always. He's always doing that. You know why? Because I always do that. And I just, I just have to imagine that. Even when it was like a, it wasn't even a real clear picture yet, it kind of looked a little bit like a, a mirage, like the Bible says, and that even when he was a long way away, you can see the father like, that, that, that right there, that looks like my boy. He, he, you know, he saw the mat, he saw how he was walking, he recognized the cadence, he said, oh, that, that, that's my daughter. That's my daughter right there. And, you know, we as observers to the story might think that anger swelled up in his heart. And he was like, let me get, let me get the paddle. I'm, I'm about to whoop this disobedient kid of mine. I mean, they're about to get what's coming to him. No, no, he doesn't do that either. He, he, he also doesn't say, I can't wait to tell him. Told you so. We might also think that he's thinking, I can't wait to shame him. Do you see what you got? You, you see what you done did? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you deserve that. Oh, you living with them pigs, huh? How'd that slop taste? It's funny because we do this to lost people all the time. And, and yet the father, 
No, no, he had passion in his heart. And what swelled to the forefront of his heart was compassion. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but it was actually culturally frowned upon for a patriarch to gird his loins. Now, I know we know a little bit about that through the armor of God, but a lot of times we think that's kind of weird. That's whenever the men, they would wear something like a skirt, to be honest with you. In India, they wear these things. They're called lungis. I used to wear them when I was a missionary to India. And let me tell you, they are actually quite comfortable. <laughs> Just going to be honest. India's hot and it's breezy when you wear that Indian skirt. But it's kind of similar in ancient Israel where he starts to gird his loins. He starts to tie up the man skirt. We're going to call it that because I don't know what it's called. That culturally is unacceptable. And not only did a patriarch never, like I'm talking about an old patriarch. I'm talking about the father of the family, the head of the household. You don't see them gathering. They don't go to war. It's time for them to rest. It's time for them to enjoy the fruits of their labor. But no, he starts gathering up. He starts girding his loins. And then what does he do? While the sun was afar off, he jumps off the front porch. Not only was it frowned upon culturally for him to gird up his loins, but it was also frowned upon for patriarchs to run. Patriarchs didn't run in ancient Israel. And dude is sprinting. I'm going to break all of the cultural norms. I'm going to ruin all the cultural faux pas. And I'm going to go get my boy. Which one of you, if you have a sheep, that is lost doesn't go after him even if it is culturally insensitive on the Sabbath he said no 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 I'm not even going to wait for you to get to the porch so that you can repent I am filled with passion and compassion I'm going to gird myself up I'm running to you <laughs> father I repent stop I love you you're my son you're my daughter get my best. Some of you need to hear that today because today is a homecoming and you need to hear the Father say, Heaven, get my best. Get the best for my boy. Get the best for my daughter. Get them the best robe. Come on, give them some new clothes. What, what they have on is tattered and They've been walking through a wilderness. Some of us, we look clean on the outside, but we've been walking through a wilderness in our soul. If we could get a good depiction of what we actually look like on the inside, we could acknowledge, Jesus, I need some new clothes, man. I need a change of clothes. I've been destroyed where I've been. He said, get the best ring. <laughs> you know what the ring is about? It's about identity. See, I, I got this ring right here. You can't see it, but it, it's a crest. And it, it says on it, Phillips. My dad gave me this the night before my wedding. It's a tradition in our family. Spencer has one as well. The night before he and Molly got married, he gets a crest ring. It's a family ring. It's a reminder ring. If you get out there, son, 
and you forget where you are, see the ring? When you get out there, son, in the midst of the war and the wilderness and the calling of God upon your life, don't you forget your roots. Don't you forget that you always have a place in this house. Don't you forget how I raised you to be. Don't you forget what your last name is and you're representing something greater than yourself. He said, get the family ring. <laughs> I'm going to restore his identity. Put the ring on. Get the shoes. <laughs> get the shoes. Let's bring him some comfort. Let's bring the boy some relief. He might deserve to walk another mile barefoot. But it's not about what he deserves. It's about the grace I give. Here's some shoes. There's a robe. There's the rings. There's the shoes. Come on home. And he's walking them back. Son, come on home. Daughter, come on home. Come on. Come on back. No, Dad, I don't deserve to be back. Hey, look who's here. Like, his joy becomes contagious. Hey, hey, hey. This son of mine, we thought he was dead. He's home. Hey, get the calf. Hey, get the calf. Yeah, I know. Yeah, your favorite one. Get it. I like that one too. Get the best one. The best one. You know the one we were saving for Christmas. Get that one. We're going to get the best of the best of the best because my boy, my girl, my baby girl, my baby girl is home. Cancel work. Get him out the fields. You, stop milking that cow. Get in here. Come on. It's time for a party. It's a homecoming. <laughs> You're like, Dad, I, I don't deserve this. Bro, sit down. Because we're about to celebrate you. Till you remember who you are. Dad, no, 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 just let me, just let me be a servant. No, 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 no. Get, get the ring, look at the ring. What's the ring say? Oh, you belong to me. You're my son, you're my daughter. You're not a servant, you're a son. You're a daughter, come home. It's time for a homecoming. And you're sitting there in your new shoes. <laughs> you look at yourself saying, just yesterday, I didn't have no shoes. That's how fast God can turn it around. Just, yeah, just yesterday, I, I mean, it's a good example for me. I really like shoes. And just, just yesterday, man. <laughs> I was shuffling through, I was shuffling through the pig pods. I was trying to find something that wasn't rancid. I was trying to sustain myself on food that couldn't really satisfy. I was trying to convince myself this was, this tastes good. Hey bro, let's go to the club. I'm trying to convince myself it tastes good. Hey man, come on, come on. My, soul, my soul's on empty, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there, bro. 
can't take this, man. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I like this. I hate this. You go home at night and when nobody sees you but you, you do that praying thing with your teeth closed. Oh, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember when Granny used to take me to church. Man, that wasn't so bad, to be honest with you. Oh, I remember. I remember when Aunt Nellie used to come get me by the ear. Man, for real though, that actually, that actually wasn't too bad. That woman loved me. Man, I remember the potluck after church. Man, that actually wasn't so bad. It's a lot better than these pig pods. It's a lot better me, than me breaking into somebody's garage to steal their golf club so I could buy Burger King. My bad, that's a real life example. That's a real life example. I'm telling you the truth, that was my life, man. <laughs> Trying to convince myself, yeah, that, that's good. And the father's like, that's him right there. All day. Oh, they reluctantly came to church on Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m. Easter 20. Yep, that. Oh, oh, I remember. I, I, I was there when they were born. <laughs> it's a homecoming. It's time to come home. And, and here's the fourth and final point. When you turn toward the house, some hearts are turning today right now I know I know right now you can leave it in the chat if you want to on YouTube my heart is turning right now some hearts are turning when you turn toward the house here's what I want to encourage you in don't look back don't look back somebody say don't look back don't look back, don't look back. let Sodom and Gomorrah burn let Sodom and Gomorrah let it burn let it go up in smoke let the old you die with Jesus on Good Friday. Let the old you stay wherever it is that you did your dirt. Let the old you stay in, in Madisonville, Kentucky. Let the old you stay in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Let the old you stay in Atlanta, Georgia. Cause I did, I did some dirt there. Let the old you stay. <laughs> Just what I think is so wonderful about Jesus after he recovers everything and he restores and he, he fills up the disciples. He said, go back to Jerusalem. Go back to the place of your greatest mistake. Show them the shoes. Show them the robe. Where have we seen the robe before? I got the coat of many colors. Show them the ring. Man, you don't put a little weight on, guy. I've been eating a fatty calf. Oh, you got religious? No, I went home. I went home. I'm happy. 
I have every excuse to be in joy. I went home. It's the last thing I'll say and I'll pray. When I, was, when I was doing stupid stuff in the street, I remember people telling me, bro, why are you doing this? Y'all ever been there before? Like your friends who are doing the same stupid stuff are like, bro, why are you doing this? You like, you like come from a good home. Like you got a good mom, man. Why are you doing this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, get, you should leave this party. Bro, we're both drinking. Yeah, but your granny loves you, man. God, God will use the, the people in the pig pen with you to preach the gospel to you sometimes. Can I ask you this? Why are you doing that? I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to keep it real today, Easter Sunday, 2021. Why are you doing that? Come home. Why are you doing that to yourself? Come home. Would you ask yourself, would you be willing to ask yourself, why am I doing this? I have a father who is good. <laughs> I have a father who is so happy to see my face. I have a father who's so passionate about being compassionate towards my mistakes. I have a father who adores me. I'm going to go home. I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm going to go home today. I'm going to go home today. I'm going to go home today. Come on, if your heart has just been far from the father, today is your day. Today is your day, brother. Today is your day, sister. Today is your day, son. Today is your day, daughter. I'm going to go home. If you've been lost and without, make the decision. Today is your day to go home. Could we stand and pray together? Could we stand and say together, I'm going home. Come on, could you speak that out from your heart? Say, I'm going home. <laughs> All of heaven is ready to celebrate you today, child. I'm going home. Come on, tell your problems. I'm going home. Come on, tell your demons. I'm going home. Come on, tell your addictions. I'm going home. Come on, tell those toxic friends, I am going home. I don't have any more time for the pig pen. I'm not playing around with the enemy anymore. I am going home.
enter the party just enter the party of heaven just enter the party of heaven just enter the party just enter the party just enter the party I give you permission just to make it about you for a moment Jesus made it about you when he went to the cross he loves you so much he paid the ultimate price so you could experience the party and the joy of your salvation just let yourself feel it just let yourself embrace it this is what Jesus paid for, for you to live in as a lifestyle. It's not a temporary experience that you have every now and then on a Sunday morning. This is a rich, fulfilling, abundant life that Jesus paid for by his own blood. He went to the grave on your behalf and he resurrected on Easter Sunday morning so that you could experience abundant life in Jesus. This is who you are. If you're in here today and you're far from Jesus, if you're far from Jesus, if you're like, man, I am far from God, would you just shoot your hand up in the air right now? I see you guys. Awesome. If you're like, man, that's me. I'm far from God. I need it. I see you. Awesome. Anybody else? Don't be afraid. Be courageous. Four, five, six. Anybody else? Seven. I see you, bro. Eight. I see you. Anybody else? Like, I mean, I'm far from God. I need, I need help right now. I'm coming home right now. Nine. I see you. Awesome. Amazing. 
It's time to come home. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. Come on, just take that first step right now. Let's pray with them, church. We say, Jesus, I'm coming home. Come on, let's pray with them, church. Say, Jesus, I'm coming home. Thank you for accepting me, loving me, washing me, clean, pure, filling me with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I belong to you all my days. I belong to you. I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. Thank you, Jesus. 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 There's only one thing that could have made any of this possible. And that's the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's only one thing that could really make any of this possible. And that was his death on a cross for you 2,000 years ago. That was his burial on Friday afternoon 2,000 years ago. That was that Saturday that was eerily quiet 2,000 years ago. And then there was that Sunday when the garden experienced fresh sunlight and Jesus stepped out and showed himself to Mary Magdalene to say, go and get all of my disciples. You know those guys that turned their back on me a couple of nights ago? Go and get them all and tell them it's time for a homecoming because I am alive. Go get them and tell them it's time for a homecoming because I am alive. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What a beautiful, beautiful day it is to be known by Jesus. What a beautiful, beautiful day it is to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. We love you, Jesus. Could we just pour out our affection to him for about 30 more seconds? Could we lift our voices and just, let's just pour our affection out on Jesus. Jesus, you're worthy of it. Jesus, you're worthy of it. You're worthy of all the glory, Jesus. You're worthy of all of our affection, Lord. You're worthy of it. You're worthy of it. You're worthy of all our love. You're worthy of our lives. You're worthy of our songs. You're worthy of our worship. You're worthy of it. Sunday 2021 for those of you guys that your life has just been changed today by the Lord I want you to you know take a look around be reminded of who was around you today because you're going to see them there too and you'll be reminded we get to do this forever 
because we've been saved and we have every reason to rejoice could we just rejoice one more time as we're closing up come on let's give the Lord our best praise come on let's give the Lord our best praise amen 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 thank you Lord thanks for tuning into the Legacy Nashville podcast if you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.